I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruning. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing on this Monday afternoon? Uh, better than I guess a week ago when you get a win, the fans are a lot um, more tolerable. Everyone's happy. The mailbag isn't littered with negativity. Uh, mm-hmm. So we get to have some fun as uh, we get to the midway point of the season, Matty B. Six games in, uh, four and two on the year, losses being Florida State and Ole Miss. Puts them at three and one in SEC play. Uh, you wrote an article about the the race for the SEC West. It's still obviously a bit wide open, uh, Bama being the only team without an SEC loss, but LSU, Ole Miss, and now A&M all having one SEC loss when you're talking about the teams in the West. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting back end, I'll say that. Yes, um, and then obviously the injury report from Brian Kelly today, uh, Jane Daniels appears to be okay. Um, everything is suited up to where he plays this week, um, and he is – continue to prepare as if he is you know 100 he's just bruised up a little bit uh chris hilton's doubtful and that's the only player that's really um out or at least doubtful for this week's game against auburn at this moment uh, he's dealing with a high ankle sprain which you know has four five six week recovery frame usually for athletes and so we'll see how long it takes him to get back um aaron anderson omar spates and charles turner all probable this week we knew too with, and you mentioned Chris Hilton being the lone guy out. He got injured on that last play of the game at Ole Miss, where he jumped up to try to catch that ball, and he went down. And I guess whenever he came down, uh, sprained that ankle. Uh, but we've seen now two games in a row, Maddie B, that really they're going to lean in the passing game, which is uber successful. And Jaden Daniels being one of the best passers in America right now, on neighbors, on Brian Thomas on Mason Taylor at tight end, and then on Kyron Lacey as kind of the third or fourth option, however you want to describe it. Uh, But a guy who's going to be in there to block, and then we'll get two, three, four targets a game. So I don't think that when you say, oh, Chris Hilton's out, um, who's that next guy up? Really, it's going to be Aaron Anderson if he's back. Beyond that, I don't see them digging too deep into this receiver pool. Yeah, me neither. Um, We'll see. I mean, even with Aaron Anderson coming back, potentially this week. I don't know how involved he'll be, how much I expect him to really get many targets. I, I think they're in such a good rhythm with the pass game. I, I can't see them really breaking it up to try to include Aaron Anderson in, in there too, too much, especially with Mason Taylor back. Um, you know, he had been, even though he was playing, he was definitely playing through injury to a degree, 60, 70%. I think Brian Kelly said at one point. So I think he's getting back to hundred percent. He had a good game against Missouri. He's someone else that they're going to use in the past game. So I just don't, I, right now it's Malik and Brian Thomas and figure the rest out later. Uh, they might need the others to step up in, you know, games against Alabama and AM, but at this moment, the pass game is, is rolling. So they're in a good spot. Well, let's get the uh, mailbag rolling. As you guys know, the Bengal Tiger uh, mailbag, mailbag Monday, every week, Bengal Tiger subscribers send in the questions. We give you our answers. Uh, if you're not a member of the Bengal Tiger 
still $1 for a month. Uh, and look, we're in the heat of football season, but recruiting's heating up. Basketball's landing top 50 commitments uh, in the middle of when we were trying to record our last podcast, Maddie B. So uh, yeah. the women's team obviously is trying to push for another number one class. Um, lots to catch up on in recruiting and uh, football. So a great time to be on the Bengal Tiger. We'd love your support. A dollar for a month. Um, easy to join up. And you get access to the On3 network. So uh, check us out at thebengaltiger.com. As we get it rolling, um, Bourbon Cheerio is not first this week. He's actually third. So first in line, LWT, you get the honor. Is LSU the real Tiger King, Matty B? After beating Missouri, do you have to beat Auburn as well? They play Auburn this weekend. Also, is Harold Perkins the best DB on this team? Um, I'll take the first half. To beat the Tiger King, you've got to beat all the Tigers. You have to to rule the uh, the SEC, you know, Sahara Desert or however you want to put it. So uh, Serengeti, the SEC Serengeti. Um, so, yes, you'll need to beat Auburn to be the Tiger Kings here. Is Harold Perkins the best DB on the team? Well, let's – it's a joking question, uh, but in a way – but Harold Perkins had a pick uh, this past weekend. Matty B, you called it his most productive game. Let's just start with some what you thought of Harold Perkins, the guy that every week LSU fans are saying, is this the week he breaks out? Yeah, uh, the interception I thought showed great development, not only from him, but from the defense as a whole in terms of how comfortable they are now using Harold Perkins. I think Brian Kelly had a great quote today on him saying, it's finally not the situation where it was last year and even through the first few games this year of, of where are we going to play Harold? Like, depending on every game, it felt like it was a rotating question almost where it was, you know, are we going to use him in this spot? How's our front going to look? So on and so forth. Now they feel comfortable with where they're at on the defensive line and at linebacker and say, all right, Harold Perkins is our Sam and at times our nickel, like depending on what role we have him in. And so because of that, Harold's job has been – made more simple simplified to a degree which as we know on defense is is crucial to keep things simple and i think he's just going out there and making plays obviously he's not in the same role as he was last year of see ball get ball but he's more versatile he's making plays in the run he's making plays in the pass um i really don't have a problem at all with how they're using him and uh yeah i think he's been really really good this year Okay, for the fun of it here, I'll give you the stats. Um, I think Zy Alexander is their best cornerback, and statistically he leads the team in pass breakups. He does have a pick um, and has started in every single game, so he's been quite steady, uh, 30 total tackles. But, hey, right behind him, 28 total tackles, uh, also an interception. Neither of their interceptions were returned for any yards, um, and he's got four pass breakups, Harold Perkins, to Zy Alexander's five. So, uh, shout out to those uh, defensive skills, Harold. Also, going back to the Tiger King question, they also beat Grambling State Oh, with the Tigers. Are there any Tigers left? Um, Georgia Memphis, State? They don't Is play Georgia Memphis. State the Panther? The Panthers, yeah. Georgia State's the Panthers. Um, Memphis is the Tigers, but they don't play Memphis. Clemson, no, no, Tigers. No, Clemson in a bowl game, maybe? Pan- yeah, Pounce the Panthers, Georgia State. So uh, this might be the end of your Tiger run. Clemson in a bowl game, potentially? There's a lot of teams you could play in a bowl game, I guess, that would bring that up. But, yes, for regular season, King of the Tigers, if LSU can beat three other Tigers this year out of the 12 teams they play, that'd be be impressive. Good call on Grambling State. Um, I I look – yeah, I had it up. So, yeah. Tiger Ranch, um, longtime member of the site, TR says, is Denver Harris available this week? 
Denver Harris is seemingly available every week now. We're in an odd stretch. Uh, it's been an odd season. Um, in the beginning, Matty B was very clear that he was in the doghouse. Then he comes out week two, he starts a trio of straight games. Then he came in in the second quarter against Ole Miss, but logged more snaps than anyone, which almost led you to believe that he was sitting the first quarter or something had happened. Yeah. Then he dresses and doesn't play at all against Missouri. What do you make of that? Um, and it's kind of, I don't know if we have another question about this, but, and they played Sage Ryan at corner for a lot of the game. So you essentially get Sage out there. You get Zai out there. Uh, I don't think Ashton Stamps got many much run at all. Denver Harris didn't get much run. And, I mean, the, the rotating chairs at corner continue, right? I mean, Denver Harris not getting snaps when I don't think he's been bad so far. But I just think this speaks to them searching for answers and searching for anything. And maybe what Sage Ryan does, even if he's not perfect in coverage, he does tackle – they say he tackles better. They say he's more physical. They say he has uh, better ball skills maybe. Like maybe he holds him in zone better than Denver does. Like those are things that maybe they're factoring in. Ultimately, I don't know if there's an answer at cornerback on this team. So they're just trying to get the, I guess, right match out there for what they're trying to do schematically. So against Ole Miss, they split all those corners, including Denver, all those guys. LaTerrence Welsh, Stamps, yeah. it was almost even how they spread out who they played at corner among those four guys. As you noted, they brought Sage Ryan back now into that corner spot. Um, and here's how the uh, at least the snap counts against Missouri went. For some of the DBs, uh, for those interested, I won't include – well, I guess I'll give you the safeties. Major Burns, 71. Obviously, he's still playing more than anybody else uh, back there. Um, Sage Ryan, 70, so played just as much as Major did. Uh, Ryan Yates got 20 snaps. You asked about him today to Brian Kelly. I thought Brian Kelly had a good answer with that one about why he's seeing an increased share in snaps. Andre Sam, 71 snaps, the same amount as Major Burns. So those two safeties stay out there a good, good bit. And then Zy Alexander at corner, 70 snaps, um, which matches what Sage Ryan had. So you pretty much went from, okay, we're rotating everyone evenly to we're back to just playing these four or five guys. And Against Ole Miss, Sage didn't even play boundary corner. That's correct. Like, so it was then now they're the just first week he's played boundary corner since week one, Florida State. Yeah. Or week was it week one or two? One. Okay, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was a late change right before the week. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't have an answer. Um, I just think that they're trying to match what they're doing schematically, maybe with zone stuff, maybe may, like with Ryan's so-called, you know, tackling, maybe they like that a lot more. I don't have an answer for it, uh, but Denver Harris is available to answer the question that that he asked initially. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's healthy. We know that. And he dressed out and was there. Uh, Bourbon and Cheerios. Um, hey, guys, love the show. Longtime listener, first time caller. He thanks us for the questions. Uh, we're starting out here uh, six games in. As I said, midway point of the season. 
Do we have a sample size to change number five's name on this board uh, from Jaden Daniels to Baby Goat? Uh, I think so. Um, boy, is Jaden not on fire, Matty B. And let's just say it. Let's call it what it is. He's got more yards than anyone in the country. He's accounted for more touchdowns than anyone in the country. He's number three in, among quarterbacks in rushing. He's number one or two among quarterbacks uh, in almost every passing category. And because of it, LSU is the best offense right now in the SEC and a top two or three offense in America. I don't know if I saw all that coming, but I can <laughs> recognize it midway through. He is, like we said last year, that Jaden won them a lot of games. He's doing that this year, but it's like it's a completely different level when you toss in bad defense and how much his game has grown. Yeah, I, I think bringing that up as well, along with him obviously growing, the need for him and this offense to score the way that they are scoring um, in all the games. And when they don't score, we see against Florida State, like how it looks and uh, the question marks you have there. So, yeah, going into the year, I think I had Jaden Daniels that over – I, th I said he was going to surpass 3,000 yards and end up with some something like 23, 24 touchdown passes. That felt like a, a modest step forward, a reasonable step forward. And now this year he's already at 2,000 yards and 19 touchdown passes. So um, unbelievable, unbelievable run from, from Jane so far. He's been on fire. Um, and it's obviously it can keep them in every game. Uh Look, right now, LSU has the number one offense in the SEC. They have the worst defense in the SEC, statistically speaking. Uh, scoring yeah. offense, scoring defense, number one scoring offense, dead last in scoring defense, uh, meaning they give up the most points, but they also score the most points. So, boy, Jaden, having him and what he can do is, uh, as a Superman-type player for you to go along with what else you have on offense is uh, fun to watch. Um, okay, this is a Toy Story question. How deep is your Toy Story knowledge? Hmm. I mean, we talked, we referenced it. Where, where did we talk about this? Was the last podcast we talked about the Toy Story? Yeah. When I mentioned him dropping Andy or uh, dropping Woody to the side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now he thinks we know everything. He said, do you think Andy's mom was Jesse's first owner, Emily, who gave her away in Toy Story 2? I'm not deep. I can't remember. I haven't seen these Toy Stories in forever. I mean, Jesse's obviously uh, Jesse. I mean, I would assume maybe Andy's mom. I That's, that's a deep question. I'd have to get into that. Um, a good bit but it would make sense i guess if andy's mom had jesse and kind of passed her down there it's just bourbon and cheerios keeps us light on our feet um yeah. were you were you ever fired from a job if so why n no 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 i'm no no as well I'm, i don't believe i've ever been fired from a job i no I, I know i was never fired i mean i didn't have a ton of jobs before i started writing like in college and stuff um so high school i had like a Buster job at a, at a restaurant. Then I did DoorDash. For, yeah, you can't um, get fired from cleaning up plates, Maddie. Yeah, you can't. It'll, Especially making like minimum wage. Off, I don't think you can. Exactly. So, yeah, that and DoorDash uh, kind of got me through early parts of college and stuff before I started writing freelancing and stuff. Here's a good tip. Uh, if you show up on time and leave when you're supposed to, you can probably keep most jobs. That's uh, correct. And, and don't say anything or do anything. Don't break anything. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll keep you, uh, keep your jobs. You don't have to get fired. Uh, Irish Tiger 18. How is Jaden's health? Should he, okay. So he's broken this up into a couple questions here. How is Jaden's health? And then should he sit the Auburn game, uh, should, sit in the army game, maybe Auburn too. Um, I'll start off with this. Jaden's perfectly fine. Uh, 
Brian Kelly said he's sore, but that was the extent of it. He was at film study at 530 on Monday morning, and he's a full go for practice on Tuesday and every other day this week. Um, no hesitation there. I'll give I'll give some thought to how long you play him in Army if you get up big, right? But Auburn, he needs to be in the game every second that this game is in contention. Yeah, I I don't think Auburn is even a question. I mean, we've no matter Auburn is obviously not some Auburn pushover. Press Georgia. Yeah, Auburn is, and I thought actually in the first half or so against A and M, they actually looked pretty good too. Like A and M pulled away a bit, but through two games of AM and uh Georgia, I thought Auburn's actually shown some some life there. Um yeah, I don't think you even considered and they're not considering sitting him for Auburn. That would be ridiculous. Uh, maybe fourth quarter if you're up three three scores or so. Yeah. Army is a different question. I don't think you sit him for Army. I think you play him at least the first half. And you know, if you can sit him the second half, that'd be cool. But um if anything, you just draw less designed runs against Army. I think that's the biggest thing here is I've been surprised by how much they've given him as far as designed runs go. And if you just trim that back a little bit, I, I think you're in a better spot. Like, you don't have to. Against Auburn, everything's on the table. You play him until the wheels fall off. Army, I think they can afford not to run him as much by design. I haven't seen a defense that's so, so elite that is going to bottle up LSU completely at this point at all, especially if they just keep clicking like Jaden and the group has. Um, so with Auburn, they right now are uh, averaging offensively. I'll just skip by defense. They average of, on offense about just short of 30 points a game, 29.6. Uh, that's what at the – that's 11th in the SEC out of 14 teams. Mm-hmm. LSU's first with – 44, 45 points a game. So as long as you're scoring more than 30, theoretically you should be able to beat Auburn. LSU should be able to do that, but that doesn't mean it won't be a close game. Guys, we've seen this defense, so keep them right. And and we cannot expect the offense to put up 50 every single game. Like there's got to come some hiccups at some point. Um, So, yeah, this is a big one this weekend. But Army, if you get up on it, yes, it's Garrett Nussmeyer time. CJ True, um, this may be a first-time question for him. Uh, do you think this could be a major bounce-back week for the defense against a really bad Auburn offense, or are we past the point of giving them any credit? Um, it, it, could this be, Matty B? I tell you that they have the 11th of 14 in terms of scoring offense, which yeah. people like to focus on. How many points do you put up? 11 of 14 in the SEC. I think what's also curious, and you can open up on this, I'm sure you're going to know more as you dive into him this week, but – What's going on there on offense at quarterback? Like there seem to be question marks with this team that they at the midway point of the season still have. Yeah, we can throw in uh there's another question down here of asking us about Peyton Thorne and uh and Trump at Robbie Ashford. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to find it, I guess. Dang, we have a lot more questions. Um but yeah, I, I think defensively this is actually a really good spot for LSU's defense too hold Auburn for stretches this game. I don't think they're going to hold Auburn to less than 20 points. I don't think they're going to hold them probably less than 24 points, but I think there's a very real shot. They hold them like 28 or 31. And I mean, obviously that's not great against this Auburn team, but I still think Hugh Freeze is good enough to scheme up some points for, for Auburn and give teams some problems. I mean, they scored 20 on Georgia, 
I mean, this is, and obviously it was a little different. It's not like they were torching Georgia, but there are the run scheme for Auburn has been really effective this year at times. And even though their quarterback and receiver play is not up to par, I still think they are um, good enough to to move the ball and score some points on this LSU defense. But I do think it's a get get right game in terms of I can't see Auburn torching them the way that Missouri has, Florida State, Ole Miss, like those teams. They don't have the weaponry that that those teams do. So I do feel better about this LSU defense in that in this game. Statistically, Thorne has been better than Ashford. He's played more than Ashford this year. Remember, I guess I should say, for those that don't know, Auburn did not play this past weekend. They're coming off a bye, so they are going to be rested. But they also come with some question marks um, in that game against Georgia. Thorne was 10 for 19 for 82 yards. He got a pick uh, or was picked off, uh, but he did carry it 12 times. Uh, led Auburn in rushing, actually. Almost hit 100 yards. So, a guy who can run it and throw it. But Matty B, I don't think that to the degree of what we've seen from Je- KJ Jefferson or Jackson Dart for that instance, or even yep. Brady Cook, who took off on some runs uh, this past weekend, I think you're dealing with a much lesser evil uh, than those guys were when it comes to what you're up against. Definitely. Oh, dude, let's see. Cajun Cat, 337. Why haven't we seen a freshman receiver step up and get a shot at number three? Anderson, Lason, and Hilton have had half a season to claim it and haven't. All right, Matty B, would you agree with this, that these that someone has not claimed wide receiver three? Um, Anderson, I mean, Hilton, you know, I think actually was pushing pretty hard for that third spot before he got injured, right? Like he was playing more than Lacey for a stretch there. So with him out, I think that takes one of the names out. Anderson's been injured as well. Uh, and then Lacey, they've kind of just relied on there. I think... And I, I said this about, I don't remember what position it was. I think it was defensive back going into the year where I was like, you know, depth is kind of overrated. You got to find your guys and stick to them. Well, Malik and Brian are not coming off the field. So it's, I understand why we want to see some freshmen come in as the third spot. But Lacey, I think there is a shared knowledge that he has. I think there's a comfort that Jaden Daniels has with him, even if, you know, everybody's going to point out the drops and they should. But I think there's a comfort Daniels has with him, and I'm not sure Daniels is as comfortable with the freshman receivers as he is those guys right now. And that's really all that matters to me is who's Daniels comf- comfortable throwing the ball to, who will he know is going to be where when they need to be. Like those are the boxes you need to check, and Lacey at the very least I think it checks those boxes. Brian Kelly said it today too that Kyron Lacey is someone who blocks extremely well for them and that that sets up a lot. He was asked about the O-line and how much they've done for the pass and the run. And he said, look, it's not just the O-line blocking. It's who've been, yeah. and he said the O-line's been great, but it's even guys like like uh, Kyron Lacey. Uh, and then obviously Brian Thomas is really their best blocker. They have a receiver and Malik's a good blocker. So that's something they've done well at, as you said. I think it goes back to they trust him. And that means to do all the things and blocking certainly being one of them. Um, to put some perspective into it, uh, I don't have their target share in front of me, um, but I do know uh, catch-wise, uh, 46 for Neighbors, 37 for Thomas, uh, 17 for Mason Taylor at tight end. But if we just make it about receivers, Lacey has nine for 169, Hilton has five for 104, uh, Hilton has a touchdown, Lacey has two, and then Aaron Anderson has eight catches for 33 yards, just hasn't been able to get going. And then then has um, obviously. He asked, uh, Cajun Cat asked him the question, 
is there anybody else that emerges from there? I don't think so. I think that as we kind of started out with Maddie B, why not just lean on Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors? And you're good if if Kyron or someone else can make a, a player to a game for you. That's massive. But those two receivers are going to dominate your touches as they should. Yeah, exactly. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, let's see. KJ had two questions, but I'm jumping around. Mason Cox, uh, has any position group shocked you with the performance, good or bad? All right, midway point position group that shocked you good or bad shock isn't the most extreme of words you can use i think for me unless you want to answer first i'll tone it down from shock to really surprise me i i don't think anything's shocked me to this point like if you told me before the year that's the safety or the you know, the secondary was going to be the worst in the SEC. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked because of how the question marks we had there. Uh, but that's probably where I would go in terms of really surprised. I thought there was a potential of this secondary being at least serviceable. And they obviously have not been to this point. Like Denver Harris not being able to step up into that cornerback one role was one of my biggest concerns going into the year. If he's not cornerback one, they don't have the talent here to compete. So you have him, you know, Deuce Chestnut, obviously J.K. Johnson's injured. Um, like, I am I am kind of shocked. Sage Ryan is potentially your starting corner. Like, I think that's something I never would have guessed going into the year. I could have seen him starting at nickel, but with how much, you know, with the injuries, with how much, you know, Greg Brooks not being there, there's just so much tur- turmoil, I think, at in the secondary. I, it has shocked me that they're this bad, I think. Yeah, I think there's varying degrees of my reaction to things. I don't know if I've reached shock with anything yet, but I would add to what you said. Yes, we knew the DB play was going to be the biggest question mark and and likely biggest weakness. I didn't know it would be this bad. I don't know if that falls into a shock. I knew that the offense and Jaden would be good. I didn't know that they would be this good. I'm not, I don't know if I'm shocked by it, but I'm super impressed. Like, I knew the O-line was going to be good. I knew Mason Smith, in reality, was probably going to need a little time to get back from his injury and shake off the rust. Um, Man, I'll say two things that I thought the D-line would have more of an impact by now, but there's a half season to go. Let's see if they can't turn it up. Maybe my biggest surprise is one we talked about on the reaction pod. They have a running back. And Logan Diggs, who's RB1, who is outrushing Jaden Daniels. Like, I would have taken that bet on anyone that at the midway point of the season, Jaden would lead this team in rushing because I thought it'd be by committee, and he doesn't. It's actually Logan Diggs. So that'd be a surprise for me. Yeah. Second part is... Uh, Outside of the obvious, JD5 and the receivers, who's your MVP? Maybe Diggs. Yeah, offensively, Diggs. And I, I know the offensive line, like as a unit, I would put them, you know, obviously in contention there. Um, I can't single them out, even though they've all been, you know, Kim Campbell Jones, 
heck, we haven't talked about Miles Frazier in a while. He's he's you know playing better. Uh, Dellinger, I think, has been good. Um, I mean, defense, you can't really put an MVP on defense. I don't think at this point. Uh, between I think Wingo. yeah, Wingo's probably their best. I mean, Harold Perkins, I think, is great as well. So you have those two. I, I, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, and now I don't think you can pick too many people. Let's get let's see what they can do in the back half of the season. Then we'll hand out some defensive MVPs. But yeah. I think Wingo's your most consistent. He's a leader. He plays hard every week and gets the job done. But uh, yeah, I think we both go digs on offense if we have to go beyond what he said, JD and the receivers. Yeah. Um, but Cajun Cat thirty three three seven asked again, um, why aren't we blitzing more, Matthew? Do you think they're not blitzing more? What's your thought there? I don't think they want to blitz, really. Um, I think we saw in the last two drives what they, what ideally the defense looks like, where it's they blitz. I mean, they rush with the front four, and they get home. Like, they get home with Swinson or Wingo or Jones or Smith. Like, that is the goal of every defense is to not blitz, is to obviously win up front with four. And if they can do that, I think that does open up some possibilities of bracketing guys better, you know, to maybe covering guys better. Um, I just think this defense might be hesitant to blitz because they're giving up medium plays, but I don't know how many real busts they've had as far as like guys going for 60 yards um, for nothing on them. I, I don't know, like Luther Burden obviously made some plays, but I just think they're trying to get there with four ideally and maybe five, but I don't think they're comfortable blitzing all out blitzing. Like that was obviously a lot of people were like, Hey, just blitz seven and man up and just screw it. See what happens. Something has to break your way. Well, I mean, I think they have a little bit more faith in their defense than, than that. And they think that if the defensive line plays at the caliber, it could and should play at, then we're talking about this defense in a very, very different light. Like that's been the most disappointing thing of this season to me defensively, even outside of the defensive backs is the defensive line has not been dominant, like you said. So we'll see if they can get pressure with four, that changes the game completely. TR3RO, I'm trying to think of that's like a TR throw, three row, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. TR three row. Uh, if Coach BK thinks we're seeing problems on defense because of first year player transfers and inexperience, well, what's the excuse of playing freshmen with more talent if they're all inexperienced? I guess he means maybe what's the excuse in not playing well, just freshmen because everyone's inexperienced? Well, I'm, go ahead. I'm not sure who you would want to get on the field that's not already out there. Like maybe like you want to say Ryan Yates and Tobiano instead of Burns and Sam, like it's just not going to happen. Those guys have 60 career starts under their belt, you know, and a guy like Andre Sam. Um, I, I thought, I thought um, at least from what I understood, Brian Kelly of saying like the inexperience, yes, comes from, I guess, Zai to a degree uh, jumping up a level. But to me, it was always the freshman or at least, looking at the freshman in terms of depth wise goes like uh, having to play with weeks um, looking at Deshaun Womack's inconsistencies, LaTerrence Welsh out there at corner, obviously Ashton stamps out there at corner. Um, like with, I don't know. I, I didn't look at it as being like an inexperienced thing from like Ovia Gofu and Andre Sam. So I don't know. I it's figuring out who to play on defense 
is a problem, but I think anybody at this point through six weeks that thinks there's an answer on the bench is kind of just grasping at straws to this point. That there's not an answer in playing JV and Tovey on it. Now, Andre Sam has not been good, like flat out. So sure, like would I be mad if you played JV and Tovey on him? No. But would it fix things? Also, no. And right now, as much as I hate to say it, you can't try things out here. You have to beat Auburn. You have to beat Army. You have then you have to play Alabama. And I, I don't love Andre Sam, but he's played 50 something games. Like maybe he can make a play. Maybe he's at least knowledgeable in your system and knows can put a guy in the right spot here and there. Like, I don't know. Experience matters at a certain degree. When you have only so many options, it's an experience thing. Like he's going to be, you don't know if he carried like 80 snaps against Ole Miss, 90 snaps. I mean, he played 70 something this weekend. You can point to four or five plays, and I'm let's not even single out Andre Sam. I can name a lot of guys on this defense, but a guy, let's if we're saying for for instance, a player like this, he might be at you know out of position. You say, I caught him look four or five times, and then he missed this tackle twice. Well, you don't know what a true freshman out there for 70 something snaps or 90 snaps would do. You might be might be way worse with out of position or didn't know the play or, you know, whatever it might be. So I'm going to trust the coaches that the adjustments they're going to make are going to be ones that they see best fit kind of what they need from this team. Look, we all screamed a week ago, Deshaun Womack didn't play a snap against Ole Miss. What were you thinking? He better play against Missouri. Okay. He got 14 snaps, 13 were pass rushes and he registered no, no pressures. No tackle for loss, no batted balls. He didn't register a single stat line other than the fact that he was in the game for 14 snaps. So, yes, these guys have bright futures. I don't know if that always means right now you're going to get some instant production that you're not getting from somebody else. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I don't need to rehash my freshman rant from earlier. Um, I, I love freshmen, love them all, but um, you're not beating Alabama with – I mean, just because you start Ashton Stamps and JV and Taviano and Ryan Yates in your secondary, I don't, I don't know. They have to do what gives yourself the best chance to win day in day out, and they think they've done that. Uh, and this is nothing not pointed at TR three R O O asked a question, and I'm glad he did um, because it's yeah. uh, you know it's one to discuss. But yes. it's uh, college football fans, especially LSU fans. I know them better than anyone. Their two favorite things are the backup quarterback and the freshman. It's because you've never seen them. So then you just imagine that they're much better than whatever you currently got. So um, at least they're, uh, they're off the backup quarterback thing for now. The Nuss bus is parked until, uh, until next season when he takes over. Um, Mr. Virgo, let's jump into this before we um, take a little ad break. Uh, What players on Auburn's offense should LSU's defense be worried about? Maddie B, we talked a little bit about, the quarterback situation at Auburn and um, again, coming off a bye, we'll see what all kind of they approach with, but we imagine it's Peyton Thorne. Who's standing out to you, uh, whether it's um, who they've got at running back, which is kind of a, a group of guys or who they've got uh, in the receiving game. Yeah. Um, they took a lot of receiver transfers. It, it's been a mixed bag. I mean, obviously when you don't have a great quarterback and you have to take a lot of transfer receivers, like, you know, we see it with LSU's like defense, you have to take a lot of transfers. Sometimes it doesn't work. I, it just hasn't really worked for the past game uh, with all the transfers they've taken. Peyton Thorne, I think, is, you know, bottom five quarterback in the SEC. Uh, Jarquez Hunter is the one, though, that you would say is the best player on their offense, running back. 
uh, has 202 yards and 50 and 50 rushes this year. Uh, they haven't used him in the past game as much. Uh, they have him and um, Brian uh, Batty, who uh, from uh, or Batty from Missouri, I believe, right last year. And so you have those two as your running backs. Uh, there's not a lot here that that really really worries you. Jeremiah Cobb's a freshman, right? Freshman came in as a highly graded running back. So if anything, they're gonna have to r- stop the run. That's the main concern here is Auburn did a pretty good job against Georgia, at least moving the ball on the ground. So that's probably my main concern. Uh, let me um, real quick before we hit the ad break, uh, make LSU fans feel better about something. These are real stats um, that I'm about to hit you with. Uh, Auburn has played five games. They don't have a receiver that's averaging more than 39 yards a game. Uh, that receiver, Jay Fair, leads Auburn in touchdown catches. He has two on the whole season. They only have three players on the team, um, and in fact, one of them's a tight end that's gone over 100 yards on the season. Nobody's gone over 200 yards on the season. Meanwhile, you're sitting here with, I mean, Kyron Lacey, Mason, Taylor, Chris Hilton, they've all gone over 100 yards, let alone that you have 770 from Malik and you have 603 from Brian Thomas. Um, Auburn's receivers uh, have caught one two, three, four. Nope. Those are tight ends. Uh, Auburn's receivers have caught three touchdowns this season. The tight ends have caught two. That's about as bad as you're going to get out of, uh, out of a, uh, a wide receiver group. And obviously a lot of that tight end stuff is safety net stuff for a bad quarterback. Yes. Um, (laughs) or they're not quite at Iowa level. I think Iowa has a 20 receptions from its receivers. But Iowa's not trying. I think Auburn's trying. (laughs) I mean, I was not trying. Drew Freeze at least is going to go try to score points. <laughs> he was, he was trying. He was trying. Yes, I was not trying. Is hilarious. <laughs> Put that on. But the shirt. Uh, I guess I should have thrown that in there earlier when they said, "Is this a bounce back week for the LSU DBs?" If you cannot bounce back against a team whose leading receiver is averaging Look, forty yards a game, yeah, I'm not sure what to say for the secondary, especially like the yeah, LSU yeah, might yeah, get yeah, ran on for these DBs. Yes, LSU might get ran on a little bit, sure, and might give up you know some some yards in the run game, but DB wise, like pass game wise, there should be an overall sense of comfort. And Hugh Freeze is going to want to as much as possible play, I would think, ball control and. Yeah. He's not going to try to go out there and throw it with LSU because clearly indicated by the stats, their team in five games has put up as a unit what LSU puts up in a half in a game, basically. So they'll try to minimize LSU's possessions, um, certainly. Uh, All right, a quick uh, ad read here. And um, it's a special ad read for the Monday Mailbag. It's Rogue Shop. Uh, You guys know Rogue Shop from our recruiting podcast. They've been rocking with us for years. Um, but Rogue Shop is your one-stop shop for all your issues with sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress. Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, candles, soaps. However uh, you can come up with it, they've got it. All of it's handcrafted uh, from the soaps to the massage oils. All the cannabis is grown in their manufacturing facility, all done by hand, um, all done here in the U.S. Uh, America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop is Rogue Shop, a true small business. Look, it's owned by Char and uh, Mr. Rogue. That's uh, a disabled vet. And then Char is a, a woman who, as a craft cannabis farmer, specialized in this uh, in a long time for a long time. So 
Delta H, Delta 9, CBD, HHC, um, anything you might be looking for. Billy loves the pain cream from all the hockey he's always playing. You guys know that I use the gummies uh, for sleep every night. Um, but if you get on roadshop.com, check them out. Char will jump in the chat with you, kind of walk you through things. But Bengal Tiger, uh, B-E-N-G-A-L Tiger is the promo code that gets you 10% off. Um, so go check it out. Uh, everyone on the site's been great. We've got a lot of people who've jumped on rogueshop.com. Make sure you do it. That's the Bengal Tigers home for legal CBD, THC, and much more. Rogueshop.com. Promo code Bengal Tiger. Um, Maddie B, let's keep it rocking. Capital City Tiger. Your biggest takeaways from the defense on Saturday. I'll let you go first. Let's play a little speed round here. What was your biggest takeaway? Biggest takeaway from uh, the defense on, on Saturday, Missouri. Defense on Saturday. Um, biggest takeaway uh, that they got pressure with four finally at the end. I think that they showed flashes on the defensive line. Mason Smith, Savion Jones. Um, obviously, you have Mikhail Wingo, uh, Braden Swenson. Throw him in there. They showed flashes of being able to get pressure with four, and that's huge. I'll take a line from Brian Kelly. They took a step. Uh, took a step, not a leap. Bless me. Uh, yeah, not a leap. Not He didn't even give them plural. It wasn't steps. Took a step, but I agree with him. That's all you need. Start moving in the right direction. I think they did that. I like that they had a couple of turnovers, obviously. Um, but I guess I'll say that after that, I'll just cut it plain and dry. At halftime, their adjustments worked and they played good zone defense in the second half, and they looked more like the defense. The defensive outcome that they did a year ago where, yeah, maybe you struggled in the first half, but in the second, you went to halftime, you got it together, you got some things corrected, and you go out and Missouri scores 14 points. Like, it's all relative. If you can hold any team to 14 points a half with this LSU offense and they score 28 in a game, LSU's winning every single game they play. So – 14 points in the second half. I'll take their second half uh, effort as what I uh, was my biggest takeaway. Uh, can we start a petition? Every away game is played at 11. Uh, our record on the road at 11 is outstanding in semi-recent memory is correct. At least this year, I uh, went up to Starkville, whipped up on them, uh, and then yeah. went up to Missouri and whipped up on them. So some very nice 11 a.m. starts. What you don't want to do is get caught up at Oxford at 7 at night, and they've got the light show going, and they're pouring it on you. The light shows don't work in the middle of the day. So that's that's, you that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I need to dig up some stats. LSU's record with or without light shows happening uh, and how they fare. That's it's funny. the crowd. The crowd loves it. Yeah. Uh, five for five. All right. So we kind of just uh, answered this. So it'll be an easy question, but I'll let you take the second half of it. Uh, is Auburn a get right game for this defense? Absolutely. As Maddie B said, as long as you can stop the run, they have a quarter. They have quarterback issues that aren't. You know, they're just not very good there, and because of it, their passing game is almost non-existent to a point, which is wild for a Hugh Freeze team. Again, it's year one. This is the time to jump on them and get you a win. Um, so yes, absolute get-right game for the defense. But he said spread. Can LSU cover a minus eleven spread against Auburn? Um, phew, I can't give away my prediction already. Well, I haven't even formulated it yet. Uh. 11's a lot on I mean it's I like that you're worried about giving away a prediction that you had not come up with as if, as if that would have been an issue for you can't give it away um do I think they cover 11 
yes, top of my head, top of my head, yes, yes. I got nothing else. I say yes too. LSU averages forty-five a game. Auburn averages twenty-nine point six. I said that's fifteen points. Um, yeah. And after looking at those wide receiver stats, I'd say yeah, yeah, they should be able to cover eleven. Uh, go Tigers, one hundred seven. I see that Toviano has played in every game, but hasn't gotten many snaps on defense. Okay, good observation. He does. He plays in every game uh, on special teams, but he doesn't get a lot of run at safety. That's belonging to Ryan Yates. As someone who's known as being mature and flash in the spring, thought we'd see more of him. What are y'all's impressions? My guess is he's right there behind Ryan Yates, and Yates must just be a little further along in terms of knowing where to be, what he's doing at all times. And Brian Kelly mentioned it today. I don't know, Matty, but you answered that. Did he say that Yates played this defense in high school, so he like already kind of naturally knew it? I, I, I don't know. I didn't really know how to um... – how to take that but um i i do think yates is more of a versatile like out of high school he was more of a coverage guy to a degree and toviano could make plays as a coverage guy for certain but toviano was kind of an all-around just like awesome player that did everything it felt like for arlington martin uh yates was that coverage guy that i could see why as a nickel slash safety yates steps in early and gets some snaps when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But okay. to answer the question about Toviano, I think Toviano is going to be a really good player. Yeah, I, I have no questions about Toviano being um, a good player. I think he's going to be very good. My impressions of Toviano are that he's long, he's athletic, he is going to make a lot of plays at safety at LSU, and he's versatile. And I just really love his game. We've uh, we've got some back-to-back uh, OT questions here. Capital City Tiger 21, Maddie B and Shea, what's your favorite beer? I don't really drink beer, um, but yeah. in beer drinking days, it was Budweiser for sure. Bud Heavy. Damn. As yeah. others call it. Yeah, I, I don't drink beer, so it's so, I, maybe a seltzer. Then we would not uh, be very good at this next question from J and K. What are y'all's relationships between all the site owners? Do you guys beer with uh, 24-7 Tiger Bait? <laughs> Tiger droppings, etc. Um, B, you, you're on the beat with a lot of them at different times. You're cordial with everyone. Matty B and I have no enemies, huh? No, we, we love everybody. I love all of them. Everybody and, on the beat. Well, and let's lump the advocate in, team advocate. advocate. Yeah. We love Wilson. We love Rab. We love Sheldon. You know, we can go to Lafayette. I mean, Koki. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. I'd say the LSU beat doesn't have many enemies among the group. No, it's very, it's, it's, I mean, this is my, what, this is the start of my third year here. And year one, it was like figuring out who everybody was last year. It was like, okay, these guys are cool. And now it's like, all right, now we're just friends with everybody. So it, it's fun for me. Yeah. We mix, we mix it up with Jacques and Cobble and all of them. So everybody, when you see each and everyone sort of covers every sport. So you just see each other all the time. So yeah, everybody gets along pretty well. Um, Hunter Fournette. Take two, second week in a row. Do you think we see steady improvement week to week with Pete Jenkins in the D-line? Maddie B, thoughts? 
I, I do. I think I do too. Is that crazy I'm, to say? <laughs> it it feels crazy. Um, now how much of it's Pete Jenkins? Uh, I actually, you know, I credit him a decent amount, but I also want to give credit to the players and Mason Smith and all those guys. And then uh, the, ultimately, John Jancic. This isn't what he does, but you give him him and Pete Jenkins, you know, some free reign of the defense line. I think there's the improvements to be made. I think Mason Smith will naturally continue to get better, but. Kai Wingo's been awesome from game one. Uh, Brayden Swinson, we're seeing him take a step forward. I think Savion Jones will continue to get better too. So, um, yeah, I do think we will see steady improvement. Also, you're playing worse offenses potentially, like except for Alabama's offensive line, who's pretty good. AM's offensive line is pretty good, I think. So, like everybody else there, I mean, Florida, uh, Georgia State, Army, and Auburn, defense line should should look good. Or, um, I agree. I think that Pete Jenkins, technique-wise, lining up, helping him in film yeah. review, I just think those are things that are going to be big when you're working without a defensive line coach right now. Um, and hopefully we see improvement week to week. Uh, NolaFan33, or Zion Sage, the two corners they should move forward with. He says, I don't see personally see why Denver gets singled out, which leads me to believe it's something off the field or something not related to play. But Sage seems to have played relatively well the last couple of weeks. And as he noted, Zai has been the most consistent guy he started in every single game. Um, so let's take that part first. Do you okay. think Sage and Zai are your corners moving forward? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it again. But Me neither. Remember a week ago, Brian Kelly said, these are the four guys we're rolling forward with. And then he put Sage in there. Was, he wasn't even in the four guys. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw maybe those two start, but maybe we saw Denver Harris or ashton stamps out there for a series at a time like it wouldn't surprise me at all so that's it, it's hard for me to say if how much again then you start getting into it like all right how much better is sage than denver harris than ashton stamps and you start lumping them together i don't think the disparity between any of them is massive obviously or else they would have been starting from from week one um i just think like i said sage might fit what they want to do schematically a little bit better it has to be unless unless there's something going on with Denver we don't know then they'd have him out there if he was the best player and he did he started three games he played more snaps than anyone at all missed and then he doesn't play at all in a game where they didn't really rotate at all uh, at corner in that nickel position so um, he wasn't the only one like Latarence Welsh wasn't playing Ashton Stamps wasn't playing like it wasn't Denver being singled out for something it was they just rode with who they had out there. Um, or Brian Kelly just thought he was being real sneaky and tried to trick Eli Drinkwitz and was like, man, all we've got is these four corners. And then on game days, like, just kidding, Sage, you forgot about Sage. They were prepping for Denver Harris out there. Yes. And, like, oh. and then it was like, who's this Sage guy? What are we going to do? 15. That corner. Put up 500 yards anyways. Uh, how is this season? And this is still Nola fan. Um, how is this season? I think this is a good question, but I have, I have an answer to that I don't think he's expecting. How has this season changed your outlook for next season? The only three receivers they trusted Saturday, for example, could all be draft casualties. Um, Malik and BTJ definitely are, for example. Majority of the uh, D-line are going to be gone. Daniels, obviously. Diggs probably said, which I think could be a question mark. So on and so on. Portal, such a wild card. I won't make this about the portal, or but I also, here's my answer to that. And he did throw defense in there. I'm not as worried. Like, Jaden Daniels might finish as the best player in America. He might could book himself a ticket to New York to go sit up there at the Heisman ceremony. 
Malik could, is on pace to break records uh, for LSU receiving that um, we didn't think would be broken. BTJ, I project, predicted, not to pat myself on the back for the third podcast in a row, as the breakout player on offense, he's been that. He's going to go pro. But LSU's one, like, yeah, 19 had Jefferson and Chase and Burrow. But you can sit here at four and two with that same type of production if you don't go in to get some players on defense. So for me, LSU's won in a lot of years where DJ Chark and Russell Gage and guys like that were receivers. And, and I'm not knocking them. They are NFL starters right now and they're healthy. But you don't have to have world breakers who are, you know, the number one quarterback in the country and the number one receiver. And the number two receiver also leads the nation in touchdowns. And you don't have to have all that to win. You need to be able to play some defense as well. So for me, I don't think they lose a ton on defense beyond the safety position, which people are going to say, well, those guys aren't playing well anyways. Yeah, but they haven't gotten a lot of experience behind them. I think that's going to be the most interesting thing is what they do in the defensive backfield moving into next year. Yeah, like offensively, like you said, quarterback will take a slight step down, let's presume, right? I'm assuming Nussmeier is not going to. Heck, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we come in next year and we're looking at the same thing offensively. No, nah, because Nussmeier can't run like JD. So. Yeah, I don't I don't think Nussmeier is coming in and lighting the world on fire the way that Daniels has been playing this year. I don't think he's in the highest conversation uh, next year. But regardless, you're not – the drop-off isn't, you know, 10 to 0 here. Um, running back, obviously, let's just say, even though I think Logan Dix could come back, if he's gone, I, I have no problem. Caleb Jackson getting carries, Caden uh, Durham getting carries, like – um, I mean, even if, you know, somebody else comes back too, I mean, I think they're fine at running back receivers. One I've seen people panic about a little bit. I'm just going to say, I believe that receivers take their biggest step forward. And a lot of this is true in a lot of cases, obviously between freshmen and first and second year, like we've seen at LSU, especially the sophomore breakout campaign at receiver. It wouldn't shock me at all. If Sheldon Sampson and Kyle Parker and Jalen Brown, and even, Kai Prion end up like next year being real, really good. Like that wouldn't shock me at all. And then you go get maybe a one portal guy and just. Well, yeah. And, and you'll have Kyron Lacey and who knows? I, I'm guessing BTJ does go pro, but if you got him back, that'd be insane. But no, you've I got know. then a third year guy in Mason Taylor. You've now got these tight ends like pimped in, in the program a year. The whole offensive line. The whole offensive line would be back. Uh, I mean, if they so choose. So. Her yeah, I mean, I and again, I just as I mentioned, Pimpton will have a year in the program. He could emerge as a tight end that beyond Taylor, who will be in his junior season. So I'm not worried worried at all about offense. Well, it's defense. Yeah. Think about defense. Wait, that's what you need to worry about next well, let's, year. Let's 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 also consider the top end talent. Like I understand top end talent is not all that matters, but Harold Perkins, Whit Weeks, Deshaun Womack for year two. Like I'm I'm riding with those three against anybody here honestly those three and then you throw sprinkle in if we they can figure out some sort of sa safety slash corner thing ashton stamps Terrence welsh at corner or something i'm just saying like i don't i don't look at next year being like damn they're void of all this talent now i will say defensive tackle is the biggest concern if mason smith doesn't come back i don't know mason smith status but Makai Wingo and jordan jefferson being gone is is a blow and jacoby and Guillory is what a red shirt junior senior you're muted. I'd imagine he comes back. I doubt he goes pro. Yeah, I don't know his I don't know his age or eligibility. But yeah, anyways, that's the only thing I'm concerned about. 
Um, did Seawalk 54? Did DJ play? This is a center question. Did DJ Chester play his way into the O line too deep ahead of Marlon Martinez on Saturday? Um, Marlon Martinez got in when Charles Turner got hurt. Charles Turner is expected to play this week, but Martinez had some bad snaps. What, what yeah. did Kelly say today about what was happening there? He said it was like a communication thing. I don't know. I just think, like, he said he's kind of – he was out of it or didn't snap the ball well. Um, I think if, in theory, if Charles Turner did not play, I think they would start Marlon Martinez. Um, based off of what Brian Kelly inferred, I guess, today, was we really like Marlon Martinez. He talked him up, all that stuff. I would assume they would start Marlon. And then if he has bad snaps, they would go to DJ. Like if Charles Turner couldn't play. I will say this. I will not be surprised if Charles Turner. Well, whenever Charles Turner leaves, it's clear DJ Chester is going to be the next center yes. on this team. Yeah. So good to at least hear that. Uh, look, Brian Kelly said it. That, yeah, Marlon had some bad snaps. And Brad Davis said, hey, look, I trust DJ. Put him out there. And Brian Kelly said very well. Adam, dear list of freshmen uh, who are getting in there and getting their feet wet, obviously, in, in pretty big moments. Uh, and then he asked, uh, did uh, Mario Cristobal make Les Miles blush with his time management skills Saturday? Uh, T-Bob has bailed Les out of some time management spots in the past. Uh, Matt Flynn and Demetrius Bird bailed Les out of some time management spots in the past. For those that don't know what we're talking about, Miami could have kneeled out the ball against Georgia Tech and handed it to the refs and won the football game. Instead, they handed it off. They got stripped. They fumbled it. Georgia Tech. Two plays later, threw it to the end zone with no time left and scored a touchdown and beat them. Hanging. I cannot imagine a world like is that the most egregious thing you can do in football is by the rule of the law, be able to kneel it out and win a game and you lose the game. Yes. That's it's not that's even like, like they were kneeling it out and mishandled the snap to kneel it out. They just nope. chose not to kneel it. Like what? Yeah, um, I saw a tweet or something that said that's like when you're playing Madden and your friend's like, come on, don't kneel it out. Just run, keep running plays and then you give me a chance like six or something and they win. Like that's happened to everybody before. But like in an actual game, you know, that no, that's really bad. Egregious. Oh, boy, LSU fans would want Brian Kelly fired on the spot. I did see a great tweet on Sunday when uh, the Dolphins won big and uh, they kneeled it out at the end. And someone tweeted a picture and said that uh, Hard Rock Stadium has now had a successful kneel and. Uh, into a football game without any drama. So, boy, Mar Mario Cristobal uh, isn't going to live that one down anytime soon. Miami fans are irate. Um, okay, we'll go uh, speedy here. We only have a handful more uh, yeah. hitting that hour mark. Matty B. Coach K7, do we see more of Womack going forward? Savion Jones not getting anything done. One of the long runs Womack tried an inside stunt and acted like we should have had a DT loop in his area, but they all got bunched up. I just think he's got to be turned loose and cause havoc on the edge. Just needs the experience, and Savion got too heavy. Got out to the fumble by no line. If we go back, and, uh, got out ten to the fumble by outran. No line. Oh, outran uh, to the fumble by an no alignment. If you go back and watch, talking about Savion, uh, Greg Penn, I think was Savion too. The they all got out. Um, I don't think. Okay, I mean this because really two is. Is Womack even Savion's backup? Uh, did Parashan play more than Womack did? Yeah, now you're getting into the weeds. I Parashan played 14 snaps. And Womack, Womack played plays. 14. Yeah, I mean Womack so plays dead in even. packages. I feel like so. I I think you're fine with Womack playing 15 snaps a game. I'm happy with that. 
And are you beefing hard on Savion Jones? I'm I'm not at this moment. Like I understand what people are saying. Like he doesn't look as explosive, but I don't know what other option you have because Parashand is not as explosive, and Womack gets could get pushed around in the run game. There's not an obvious answer here. It um it's interesting, and I wish I knew more about D line or got to sit in on their film studies every week, or you know, and because so often you're responsibility isn't go get the quarterback or it's hold up against a run or whatever it might be. And I can't claim to have sit here and watched everything he's done this year uh, as I watch the totality of a, a game play out. But I will say, Matty B, that this is a guy coming out of St. James. He was a five-star on, on three. He's a great player, had offers from everywhere, um, got his feet wet back in 21. But uh, last year was when he finally got to get out there a little bit. He started three games, but uh, – Finished the season uh, with six tackles for a loss. He had four sacks. He had a forced fumble. He had batted down a pass. And as he moved now into a starting role, it felt like, oh, boy, this is setting up well. Well, we're midway through the season, and he's got two tackles for a loss. He had four and a half sacks a year ago. He's got one this year. So certainly I understand uh, when yeah. people say, well, he's playing the same position, but the production isn't there. Um if he look, if he could have a big back half to the second uh, part of the regular season, that would be huge because then you've yeah. got Mason kind of moving forward, Makai looking good. If you can get those steps from Savion Jones, that would be huge, Matty B. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tiger King 53 recalibrated projections for the remainder of the season. We still rocking with 10 and 2? No, 9 and 3. 9, nine and 3. I'm, Sure. I'm nine and three because I had to recalibrate. I predicted a loss against Bama, so I have to move down to nine and three now um, in my preseason prediction. So I'm with you there. Uh, do you have any concerns with being able to stop the run against Auburn? Um, and he just pointed out over the past three weeks, Dominion, Judkins, Schrader average 5.2, 5.4, 8.8, uh, all with at least 13 attempts. So I like that he brought in the math there to give yeah. perspective that you know they were actually getting double-digit carries. He says uh, the same thing I did. Uh, and same thing that you did establish a run and play ball control is probably going to be Auburn's game plan to keep it out of the hands of the LSU offense. Um, thoughts. Uh, yeah. Are I, you I, concerned? I am concerned? I am concerned about stopping the run for this LSU team. I, it's obviously Auburn's only chance at winning and it's a very real chance. Like, I don't think that that's something that we're just going to gl- gloss over and be like, all right, well, LSU defense is going to hold them to 14 points. Auburn will run the ball, run the ball effectively, and LSU's going to have to show that they can stop the run, which they haven't been able to do much this year. No, I don't think Auburn can only run the ball to win, though. They're going to have to find some Correct. plays in the passing game. Yeah, so. they'll have to be a busted coverage. They'll have to hit a yeah. play-action pass or something. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, that'll keep them in the game long enough. That's not out of the realm of possibility, Matthew. No. Uh, no, Cajun Tiger, who's your most improved player? Or you can say unit from week one to week six. He said mine's Miles Frazier in the O-line. Uh, Miles Frazier almost had his job taken. Now he stays in the whole game. So <laughs> yeah. that's a good no, choice. I mean, that's that's a good one. Um, That's a good one. Uh, That's probably the right answer, right? Um, I think, I mean, I, so not, I, mean I could just choose Jaden Daniels for every question. Jaden Daniels good. has been, since week one, Florida State, he was, he was solid. Week two, Grandma State, he was okay. And now he is a bona fide Heisman candidate. So I will I say by point. strictly t- Logan Diggs, I put out um, a stat okay. and posted it to the board, but every week he's gotten more yeah. touches and every week his production has gone up. So I guess by the 
letter of your question that yeah. he'd be most improved because he improves. He has not taken a step back one single week. So yeah, anyone you know, pick some guys on offense, and I'll agree with you. Uh, three more Germans uh, asked, "What is Langlois' current injury? I don't. What was his injury in camp? Matthew Langlois, LSU's backup safety, one of them." Um, oh man, I'd have to go back. To he's my had, I think he said though. three injuries now, uh, but he said how long is he out for? We do not have a timetable there. He doesn't even get listed on the injury report, so I don't know. He said he wasn't highly rated by on three. He hasn't been able to get on the field. He's been injured three years in a row. That's the issue. Uh, even if not this year, is there optimism within the program he contributes next year? It's just going to be about being healthy. It's like Chris Hilton. I mean, he's yeah. been on the team multiple years. If you're not healthy, you just don't play. So, yeah. Number one for Langlois, healthy. And then he asked, "Is her takeover for Frazier this year? Maddie B, we're at the midway point. I think this is becoming like we're leaning the other way. We were all in on Herd taking we over were. at some point. We were. We were wrong. This is – we can probably say at this point we're wrong because, I mean, I was like at some point probably I think like – I think I said like weeks five or six, like we would see Zalen's Herd start. We would see him in the starting lineup. And not only do we not see him start, we don't even see him play anymore so i think they feel great about this offensive line feel great about their tackles obviously and then frazier and dellinger i think have gotten the job done so i if it's not broke don't do not f- try to fix it very well said um and and again no fault of zaylon uh, no fault of lance hurts nope. uh, it's just that frazier has played very well and uh you'll no complaints um there from any lsu fans Two more. Houston Tiger 21 with Auburn not afraid of switching quarterbacks. Would you rather go against Ashford or Thorne? This would be an easy one for me here if we're basing off of this year. I'd rather go against Ashford. He's played less and he's been less impressive. Yeah, he's and he's not good. And you played him last year, so you're kind of familiar with him. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm not scared of either one, but I would rather play Ashford than Thorne. I don't. I I, Thorne at least. Too. Thorne is at least more of a game manager, can kind of maybe, I don't know, find an open receiver here and there. Ashford is really more so of just a runner slash scrambler slash. And Thorne's rushing numbers are better than Ashford's. I mean, Thorne almost ran for 100 on Georgia. So I'll pick pick Ashford. Yeah. Um, And then last one, Boudreaux Badger. Are y'all nervous about Auburn's rushing attack against our D-line? We've obviously touched on this. Um, Maddie B, your nerve level on a zero to 10 here. Is ten like I'm worried they're gonna lose the game, or is ten would be that they could lose the game because of it? <laughs> uh, my nerve level is decently high. I think I I probably say seven. Ooh, seven. that's high. If it, it it sounds high, but like there is a you know they are running the ball. I think Auburn will be able to run the ball fairly well. Like this isn't Mississippi State. I just think Mississippi State's awful first of all. But um, I think Auburn at least can show flashes of being a competent offense, has a good offensive head coach, obviously has a good running back. I don't think Auburn does nearly enough to win this game, but they can run the ball for some solid drives. Auburn, um, right now, number three in the SEC, They, uh, in terms of rushing offense, they run it for 202 yards a game. Um, uh, for the listeners here, that was it, but uh, I'll leave you with this uh, that ties into this last question. Maddie B, don't cheat. Uh, let's see if you can actually get it. Okay. Auburn, third in the SEC in rushing, 202 yards a game. Who are the two teams that are better rushing the football? Alabama? No. 
Damn. I just thought Milro might count for a lot. Okay. The two that are above. Alabama's at 143 a game, so significantly lower. Dang, These two teams average 210 and 230 a game on the ground. It's not Georgia. Georgia has not been running the ball well at all. They just gave up the on the run game basically last game. Nope. They're at 150, middle of the pack. Don't tell me. I, people are going to be screaming into their uh their Spotify's or Apple's or uh-huh. YouTube TV YouTube's here right now. It's not South. Carolina. You're missing one very obvious one that you should get. Oh, state Mississippi State. No, no, my goodness, no, no. Ole Florida Miss State uh, State's no. at 152 a game. Who, who is it? You you watch one of these teams play every weekend. Why? Hold on. It's not AM, Alabama, Georgia. You're overthinking Florida, this, Maddie B. Florida. Oh, LSU. LSU. Would okay, be okay. I, I wasn't counting LSU in this conversation. Oh, though. Well, uh, you have to. They're top. That said, what two are better? Yes, LSU. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. 210 a game. Um, but maybe a little surprise here. Number one in the SEC, 230 rushing yards a game, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have got that, actually, which makes sense, but I wouldn't have. I would not have got that. I, I would not. I would too. not have gotten that one either. So, uh, Tennessee number one rushing offense, LSU number two, and then Auburn number three. Uh, LSU obviously uh, sitting right there uh, with Georgia, as you said, who had abandoned the run game as the top two passing offenses in the SEC. Auburn dead last, 150 yards a game uh, through the air, and uh, just to kind of make some more sense of it, uh, Tennessee barely in the top ten in the SEC in passing offense. Where? The Joe uh, Milton, uh, which uh, Milton stands uh, before the season, I can throw it 100 yards, doesn't quite pay off uh, in the first half of the season for Tennessee fans. They're growing restless. Yes. Um, who'd you say was fourth in rushing? Fourth in rushing uh, would have been Ole Miss. Okay. At 183. So I at least got that one close. <laughs> so I started Darton. going through the whole thing. I was like, I said Alabama, Ole Miss, and Mississippi. I was like, it's not Arkansas, it's not Florida, it's not. I was going through every team in my head. It's not Kentucky, not South Carolina. So, so yes, yeah, only only three SEC teams average two hundred or more yards a game right now. It's Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn. But again, LSU's got the top passing offense, and Auburn's got the worst passing offense. So, that minus eleven should be a cover. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. revisit that later. Yeah, we'll revisit, clip it. Um, all right, that's all we have. Um. Thank y'all for all the questions, the mailbag. I only leave it open for like an hour now, and we still get a ton of questions. So thank you all for that. Uh, leave a like, comment, share, subscribe for the YouTube channel. We're almost at 5K, I believe. I don't know where we're at now. Oh, but nice. Yeah, we're getting close. We're very close. I'm going to say we're like 50 away, Shay, something like that. So okay, we'll see if we can hit that that mark. Um, thank you to everybody who's listening on the audio side as well. Apple, Spotify. We'll be back. Um, Shay and Billy will have their weekly recruiting podcast, and then we'll have our preview podcast, and uh, it'll be game time. So, yeah, stay tuned for all that, and we will talk to you all later.